You're listening to the Counting Lights Podcast with Chris Dubinay and Dan Danzy. Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling lock up. Welcome to the Counting Lights Podcast. We are back another week. Hey, big thank you, because as of this recording, we are now over the four-digit mark of, of downloads. Over a thousand downloads, so I feel like. Pretty soon we'll just say thousands. Thousands. There are... Thanks They're, for everybody for supporting us, man. It's We're, crazy. Like, we've been doing this a month. A month. Less than a month. <laughs> so that's pretty cool, man. I'm excited. Less than a month. I was expecting this to be a dreadful fucking experience of no one listening. We're just well, wasting damn, our here. time. It's still kind of a little bit of a dreadful experience. I mean, I'm just so used to the, my projects not turning out <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, listen, if you guys like the Counting Lights podcast, uh, email us, would you? Yeah, Counting Likes Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And look out for our uh, Patreon. I almost said Patron. Look out for our own <laughs> vodka coming up. <laughs> tequila, bro. Counting Lights Tequila. I'm so out of the alcohol game. It'll be it'll be five years on uh, November 16th. I've wow. been out of the alcohol game that long. Wow. Not that I was selling it. On I was purpose, just drinking or? it. Yeah, no... Uh, well, when the government's like, when the government puts you in timeout twice before you're 30, you just kind of go, okay, well, I got it. Well, there's a point. So <laughs> Some of us can handle it, some of us can't. Look out for our Patreon. We're going to have a subscription service at like $3 a month, $5 a month, whatever it's going to be. We don't know. Just regardless, just support the podcast. It'll Let's be, go. we're going to have perks. We're going to have perks to being a, a listener coming out very, very soon. We're really excited yeah, we'll about that. we shout outs and stuff like that. We'll do some fun stuff. This Saturday... Our first wrestling, our first live event, Brawl for It All 2, happening at Oak Highlands Brewery in Dallas, Texas. We're running out. We're running out of seats. Well, I tell you what, the sales are doing very well. There's always going to be seats because, yeah. listen, we got a This is big, an outside event. It's an outside event. We got a huge parking lot. There's plenty of uh, general admission seats. But if you want to, if you're concerned about social distancing, uh, you can get you a table for your group of uh, mm-hmm. friends or family so that you're safe. You can stay away from all these other jabronis and want to cough in your mouth. And, uh, you know, it's it's good. It's like sales have gone real well. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about and it. And that be deserves another thank you to you guys. Absolutely. And listen, you get your tickets now. If you have not got your tickets for... Uh, Go to Oak Highlands Brewery's website. Oak Highlands Brewery is the easiest way. You go right there, click on Oak Highlands Brewery, and it'll take you directly to the tickets. Yep, yep. Or you can go to their Facebook. Pre-Kindle. You go to pre-Kindle. Pre-Kindle. Yeah. God, so this is search. so. This is so official. This is. I'm. I'm, I'm, th- I'm really stressed out doing, right now. We right? did. We don't, and that's why I'm stressed out. <laughs> um, also, check us out on Twitter at counting underscore lights. Uh, to get uh, information on upcoming episodes, live events we're doing. Sometimes we're just taking selfies of one another because we're bored and possibly a little bit homosexual. I am uh, not doing that. Okay, well, fine. Uh, then I'm going to have to do it without your permission, sir. <laughs> I'm going to have to do it. Hey, today we've got a uh, a first a first on this episode. Um, we had our first Zoom interview. Yeah, man, I am no longer a Zoom virgin. You are no longer, yeah, we we, we busted Chris's first Zoom nut. You know how hard that (laughs) sentence is to think of? We popped my cherry. We popped that cherry. Um, With with 2018 uh, Funniest Comic in Texas and founder of the Plano Comedy Festival, Wes Corwin, Uh, one of my favorite interviews we've done. Uh, good, good guy it was a great interview like I've never done one of these this is a lot of fun great guy uh, a tremendous comic 
Uh, all of his social media info will be at the end of the interview. Uh, let's just go ahead and cut right into the interview. Have a, a fun listen. This is uh, Wes Corwin, 2018 Funniest Comic in Texas, and a huge fan of wrestling. Guys, sit back, relax, enjoy. Yeah, Wes Corwin's here. This is actually our first uh, Zoom interview we've had on the podcast. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Zoom virgin, man. Yeah. Oh, how exciting. Hey! Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey! hey. I'm not going to lie, it was kind of weird just listening to your voice and not seeing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah so I, I got on the call and then I was like, oh shit, I don't have headphones. It's going to be real weird. And I didn't realize how weird it would be just me entering silently and with a picture of <laughs> Picture of bald Kyle Kinane. I use that for work. I don't want people to know what I look like. So yeah, I that. that's I what I said. That. I said, "Wow, Wes looks weird." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like to I like to catfish my coworkers. I think it's a good way to start a relationship. I want, I like emotional distance. So <laughs> Wes Corwin, man, Wes uh, Corwin, 2018 uh, funniest comic in Texas. Absolutely, yep. and yep. a huge wrestling fan, right? Love wrestling. Big fan so, of wrestling. So, uh, uh, when did, what got you into wrestling? Let's start there. Oh, this is a weird. So, I, I got into wrestling, I think, 97, 98. Probably the biggest thing that got me into wrestling was the N64 game, No Mercy, uh-huh. uh, which I think was a big thing for a lot of people. I, I still think it might be the best wrestling video game of all time. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't know. Oh. Oh. If you have, if, oh man! I mean, Daisy, you 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 do Twitch. You should have Chris play No Mercy yeah. and see if it. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of oh. the episode right now. Chris yeah, plays oh, No oh Mercy. Oh my God! What a nightmare! <laughs> it's, it it is genuinely one of the best. It is the very best. But uh, I I got into it around the same time as like Too Cool was like before viral was viral. Like they were accessible to mainstream people in a way that other wrestling wasn't. And then once you get in, in one way, you start falling in love with like the rock and stone cold at the time. And uh, the attitude era, of course uh, you could argue is overly romanticized, but also it was among the very best in terms of writing, in terms of storylines. And uh, after that, I've just kind of, I've kind of kept up with it because it's, it's just a beautiful medium. It's just That's wonderful to watch. Man. I, I switched over to WWF after the, the WCW's finger poke of doom. Ugh. Like yeah, when yeah, they yeah, combined yeah. the NWO and the first thing that stood out about WWF's writing was like WCW had like the, it seemed more real because they used right. the wrestlers names and everything. And right. they had that faction that was going to take over, but then you switch over to WWF and then you, yeah, you have things like too cool, but then you also had like this gold dust was like wearing oh, lingerie yeah. and rigging stone cold was beating up his boss. Oh my God. <laughs> And Terry, Terry Runnels, I, I think they banned her from TV for a little bit because she was just like, how much clothing can you not wear? Terry well, Runnels. look who was running the show at WWF at the time. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. Vince Russo. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. basically was writing all his storylines after Jerry Springer. Yeah. Right. That was right, 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 right. There, there is something, there are many things to say against Vince Russo. Many, many things. And I'm sure you've said all of them already. Actually, we uh, haven't had, we really, we haven't, haven't had, really, yeah, we no. haven't done a good Vince Russo, uh, uh, yeah, we'll episode. have to call Jim Cornette for that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if there is one kind thing and there is 
almost there's almost only one kind thing to say about Vince Russo. I like the way that he will bring up a storyline in the beginning of an episode of Raw, and then it will interweave over the court, like like those th- those things where Stone Cold would set up a chair and they would be like, "Oh, we got a scheduled match," and then he would stunner both of them and just sit in the and it would like by the time it had an arc. The, it had a every episode had, had an, an arc, arc would, but it was just, quick. You know? It was very quick. It was very punchy. And then, yeah, you, you get into the stuff you can complain about with Russo, where a lot of it was more shock value than... Co- but when it was good, it was really, really... And it, it didn't... It especially helped that he had possibly one of the greatest performers of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin, wrestling or otherwise. Just just incredible. Just is, I, don't, I don't know how deep you go in wrestling history, mm-hmm. but we've had this discussion on other episodes mm-hmm. that... Uh, when a territory was down the way WWF was down at the time and uh, and the uh, NWO was basically kicking their ass on ratings, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, kind of goes back to the territory days is that when a territory was down and it wasn't doing well, attendance was down, uh, TV was down. Uh, they would do something called hot shotting the territory mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they would do what, what Vince Russo did was every fucking episode was a hot shot of a ter- of the territory. They mm-hmm. were d- doing over the top things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every freaking week. And here was the problem is that when they did something hot one week, they had to top it the next week mm-hmm, and then they had to top mm-hmm. it the next week. And at the top of the next week, get to the point where basically, you know, uh, you know, Stone Cold is hitting Vince McMahon over the head with a fucking, uh, you know, uh, piss with pot the, from the, the, <laughs> the bedpan in the house. Yeah, hospital. the bedpan, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you yeah. know, I, listen, it. I know guys in the business that don't have really bad things to say about Russo because he, he did so much for their career. But mm-hmm. at the same mm-hmm. time, I will side with Jim Cornette. Like, because mm-hmm. a man that passionately hates a, a guy that much, you got to listen to what they got to say, you know, because he just passionately hates him so much. You're just like, yeah, no, I see your point. Well, and he's got <laughs> yeah. a reason because, once again, and Dan and I have had this discussion, yeah. is that I'm an old school guy. Sure, like, sure, sure. I, I, like, I got in on the very edge of the territories, the last bit of the territories. So I got to see what it used to be like. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, when, when, when people who came to the arenas actually believe this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he hates Orange Cassidy. Is that I'm, I'm trying really? to get him? I'm trying to get him on the Orange Cassidy bandwagon. Uh, I said several times if he was in the locker room with my tag team partner Kit and I, uh-huh. we would have beat the living shit out of him. Which but I think was, is an extreme. I think that's respecting the business, but that's the way you did it at the time. You know sure, what I'm sure. saying? I mean, uh-huh. I've been in situations where literally they had to walk me out of an arena, walk me to my car, and follow me to the edge of the town. To mm. make sure I got on the highway, mm-hmm. because the fans wanted to kill me. Sure, that so, was that was a yeah yeah it was different. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that with that story where uh, Hogan and the I think the head shrinkers got a, got they got arrested on like a county line and they were looking at the car and uh, the Ho- Hogan was like they can they can vouch for me but in character neither of the head shrinkers could, could speak English <laughs> right. they couldn't so they couldn't vouch. That's the way it was back in the, because that, if that you got the, caught, if you got caught, not d- like selling your gimmick when you're at a bar or something, like literally 
the promoter would find out about it or the booker would find out about it and they'd find mm. you or fire you. If you got into a fight in a bar, yeah. it was okay. But, but you better you had fucking to win. win. <laughs> Isn't that what happened to Shawn Michaels? Like he got into, he had to like uh, relieve the intercontinental title because he got into a fight at a bar. But the reason that fight happened is because Shawn Michaels was being a dick, just like his TV character. Yeah, and he was happened. he was it, staying heel. I think it was a bunch mm-hmm. of military guys. Yeah, they beat the shit yeah. out of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And he was hitting on their girlfriends or some shit like that. So you're an attitude era guy, Wes. I love I love the attitude era. I, I fell back into it around the 2000. There was a there was a brief like 2005 to 2009 gap, and then I've I came back into it pretty hard following it week to week, and yeah no. But I started in the attitude era. I fucking I mean the I think the first pay per view I ever watched was the 2000 Royal Rumble, and just the that's best, a good one. The best starting point to get into wrestling is that just every match. So you you, really you, you got you got into wrestling when it was on it started to become an upswing. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's that mm-hmm. wave we talk about that wrestling goes in waves, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I guess comedy does too, really. If you really oh, sure. think about it, so yeah. Um, but when, if you're that you're at that age when you get into the wrestling business and it's on an upswing, mm-hmm. it's the greatest. You remember it with such romantic memories and, and that's probably what the reason that i'm such an old school guy is because i did catch it on an upswing yeah i caught mm-hmm. it when when bam bam hit slammed carrie's head into the cage yeah you know mm-hmm. and that was mm-hmm. that was they were hot that was the it territory, for you. <laughs> and that was the von eric and freebird a simple just so. slamming of a cage door and yeah, you were just you know, in well we just, just call it a tuesday in the we just called it <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, uh, you said, uh, you started picking it up again in 2005. Did you, you did, I think you did what I did. Like after that whole invasion angle was over with, with WCW and like Shane owned, mm-hmm. like after that was done, there was like a couple years there where it was just like, okay, I'm going to stop watching because they're, they're out of ideas. Like they had this big idea. Now they're done with it. Now they don't know where to go. And then 2005 is when, like, you started to see this, especially in WWE, you started to see this progression in creativity. Mm-hmm. As all of a sudden they got these new guys like John Cena. Yeah. So like, is, is that is that what you think probably got got you back into it, Wes? Uh, so I, among, I I I think the peak of my of what I loved about wrestling, I think I really liked the the. Benoit Jericho, the two man power trip when Triple H and Stone Cold were fighting Jericho. That was like the very the one on Raw where they won the tag titles. That was the very best match. And then as as Danzy mentioned, we got into the invasion angle. And I cared a lot. Like <laughs> I, I I believe it or not, like the I, I was as as Chris mentioned. Uh, at the time, I think I was this was two thousand one, so I was nine, and I didn't understand corporate. Wow. I didn't understand any of that. So I, I was like, no, this is real. Like I didn't, I, <laughs> when I got into it second wave, like around as an older person, I was like, okay, I understand the storytelling, the fiction. I understand right. the tropes at play. I can appreciate it from that perspective. You're appreciating the art at that point. Mm-hmm. At the time I was like, these wrestlers are going to lose their jobs. Someone's got to do something about this. I was really, 
I was absolutely mortified that's at that possibility. Great, that's that was me in the NWO. Like they can't just let them in. They got to do. They're they, they need to be arrested. <laughs> this is assault. Well, you guys are breaking I'll, it. This is illegal. There's no commission an, signing off on this. I was an adult and in the business for almost ten years when the mm-hmm. NWA invaded. The NWO, NWO yeah, invaded. yeah. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. so, and I was like, oh. Holy shit, they found an angle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we say all the time, there's nothing new in wrestling. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just recycled ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, you take it, you recycle it, you put your spin on it, mm-hmm. and it's a new story. Mm-hmm. And so, once again, it's an invasion mm-hmm. situation. But to have those two guys come in together when two weeks before you saw them on TV, yeah, on WWF. On WWF. And then to mm. see him come in and just basically say, fuck you guys, we're <laughs> taking over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. They, they literally gave him carte blanche. And then for Hogan to be their third man and to do mm-hmm. that biggest turn. I don't know if you guys know this, but that was Hogan's whole idea. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like Hogan wow. literally went to Bischoff in California and said, who's the third guy? Yeah, yeah, they had planned on bringing other guys in. The initial idea was going to be Sting. Uh, well, Sting was going to betray Luger and Macho Man, and then Hogan came in there and was like, "What if we just? What Hogan if we like, Who's the third guy? Yeah, because yeah. he realized, hey, you know, people still equate me with Hulkamania and vitamins, yes. and they, yes. they, 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 they real still equate me as that guy from the Rocky movie and the WWF champion that you know, beat the Iron Sheik. They mm-hmm. still equate him as that. So mm-hmm. in everybody's mind, whether they liked it or not, Hogan was not a, w, a WCW wrestler. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. just there. In fact, yeah. before that, if you remember correctly, they weren't doing anything with Hogan. No, he had already kind of fizzled out the whole, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know, red and gold or red and yellow. Red and yellow, yeah. And, and, yeah. Uh, and he went to Bischoff and said, hey, man, think it's time you know he wanted to turn heel back in the wwf right and vince wouldn't let him do it yeah he wanted so to he wanted to do that that hollywood hogan gimmick in the yeah. wwf to boost his career because mm-hmm. it had gotten to the point where you know hey people were looking at savage and people yep. were looking at the ultimate warrior yep. and he was not this he wouldn't we wasn't the top guy anymore yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so but you can't you can't turn him heel because you're going to lose all these T-shirt sales, all these little action I figures, agree. all these little comic. But you got to move the merch. That's right. Uh, God, that's the. I mean, uh, to to tie it into wrestling today, like I'm super excited. The same way Hulk Hogan turning heel revitalized. It feels like people are so much harder on the Roman train now that he's a heel. Yeah, because people, people were waiting for it for a long time, and it never had like. For, I mean, you could argue that John Cena turned heel based on the fact everyone hated him while he was a face, but it's good to see them embrace the narrative with Roman because he is excelling in this new role of beating up his family members and bullying. It's great. It's wonderful. It, it had to be the right time. You yes, know, they yes, couldn't yes, yes, do yes. it too early. If they did it too early, the fans wouldn't accept it. In fact, mm-hmm. they didn't want to accept him as a baby face. Mm-hmm. They did not. They tried to shove shove him down their throats. Mm-hmm. And the fans went, nah, fuck you. Fuck Vince, that. you know? <laughs> and I, I think it's just the fans being against Vince's 
usual formula. I don't think it had anything to do with Roman or who he is, but the fans caught on to Vince's exactly. formula of doing. this is my number one guy. You're going to cheer for him whether you like yeah. it or not. And we were just like, no. no. Um, but Roman's current storyline and everything, like I, I don't watch full Raw or SmackDown and – I, I would, even though if it's a pandemic, I, I normally would, because I watch AEW Dynamite all the way through. It's sure. just that there hasn't been anything creatively brought to the table other yeah. than Roman and Paul Heyman being his manager and mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt doing anything. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just watch highlights. Yeah, so what are what are the shows that you watch now, Wes? I'm keeping tr- – I, I actually would be interested in, – I, <laughs> I, I'll answer that question. Uh, I am, I'm following AEW. I'm following, like, like Danzy mentioned, select storylines within. Uh, I'm a little – I understand why Kevin Owens dropped out because of the issue with COVID. I'm a little bummed out we're not seeing him more frequently. I'm glad that Sami Zayn is back even though he has the exact same concerns with COVID. Hopefully that me, especially Roman because he has those health issues from his medical past. I hope that the fact both of them are back in means that there's stuff we're not seeing as fans where the WWE is trying to address these issues and trying to create a safe environment. To answer that question, I'm most frequently following AEW, uh, following certain storylines in WWE, and I need to just get a New Japan membership at this point. I've had friends that are like, it's the best right now, and I'm like, I need to put money on it. I need to just get all of it. Yeah, the New Japan app uh, is supposed to like work better than the WWE huh. app. Mm-hmm. And they're putting on fantastic matches and most of their roster, just the future of wrestling. Basically mm. it's nice to see in this day and age, the new Japan roster is really shining. They're going yep. over to NXT. I mean, who would have thought Shinsuke Nakamura would ever win a Royal rumble mm-hmm. in Vince's mm-hmm. company, you know? Well, uh, you know, I don't, I don't pay attention to a lot of the modern stuff right now. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, though, though Dan has got me paying attention a mm-hmm. little bit more often mm. because it's a requirement you know, to do this. Well, you podcast. have to be an informed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, performer. You know, if we're going to talk about this, I got to have, sure. I got to know, I got to have some sort of an opinion on it. Just mm-hmm. not that, you know, Ric Flair is the greatest that ever fucking lived. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but, well, uh, Next to Jericho. Jesus We've had this fight for the last so a couple weeks this ago. This is an ongoing thing. A couple weeks ago, Dan said that Jericho is the modern day Ric Flair. What do you think? Mm. <laughs> I'm just going to ask every guest this. Validate me. <laughs> Oh, here's the okay. Let me let me sidestep that question. Oh, you millennial jabroni. Listen, listen, listen. Here, here's what here's what here's how I feel. Here's how I feel is it's kind of like when people compare like LeBron to Michael Jordan, right? Because Michael Jordan was a shooting guard. LeBron is a power forward. Right. Yeah, two very di- like. Uh, Rick Flair was amazing because he could make any scene work. They would bring him in and he would sell. And Chris Jericho, very uh, not, I would say a very different skill set because he do, would reinvent himself. He would come up with new characters. Rick Flair was consistently Rick Flair, but you believed in it so hard because he believed in it so hard. Chris Jericho would do stuff and sometimes it would work. Sometimes it wouldn't work, but when it wouldn't work the next week, he'd have a different angle and a different thing. And he'd sell it. He, uh, different different skill sets. I don't know if it's fair to compare. I think uh, actually yeah. the way you way you just explained it actually that's pretty good. Convinced yeah. me. Yeah, it's a LeBron Kobe or LeBron Jordan yeah type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, that actually I changed my mind. Okay, <laughs> that's the end of that game. Well, let's just say that, <laughs> let's just say that that one of them is the goat. 
Okay. And one of them uh, is doing uh, fucking dance routines on the <laughs> Okay. No, I'm 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 gonna double down that that song and dance Jesus segment with MJF was one of the most brilliant. It. What you won't even watch no, it. You won't no, even no, watch I'm, it. I'm so embarrassed you can't. for him. It gives me deuce chills. Deuce chills. Yeah. <laughs> what is <Deuce> that? <laughs> When somebody's acting like a douche and you're embarrassed for them, right? That, that that's what the youth the youth nowadays call that cringe is what that's. Uh, right. so it I'm, wasn't cringe. Okay, so so I'm about six generations behind with the douche. First of all, you were you were a baritone in right. high school. Mm. You yeah. sang, mm. yeah. So, so the way this if if Jericho and MJF couldn't sing, I can understand mm-hmm. how that would be cringe. But like MJF was like a prodigy opera singer when he was little. He's even been on the Rosie O'Donnell show when he was like 10. You can find that on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of digging. That and a dollar (laughs) ninety eight will get you a cup of coffee. Okay. Okay, fine. But 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 they they sing very well. Just watch the segment. uh, Maybe I will. With, mm-hmm. with with Wes's recommendation, I like it. <laughs> I, I I did. I we, we started to go this. Way. I I'm sure you've covered it a lot on the podcast. I, I before I ask this question, I have to say, uh, Chris probably has one of the uh, in terms of his knowledge of wrestling. I probably I have difficulty talking on this podcast as much as I'm talking because. Whenever Chris starts talking, I just shut up and I want to listen and hear what he has to say. Oh, thank you very much, Wes. No, I, that's I, the dynamic. I'll argue I'll with him and up. I have no dog in the fight. Like, I didn't <laughs> wrestle Owen Hart. I didn't wrestle John Michaels, but I'm going to act like I fucking did when I'm arguing yeah. my point. <laughs> I, I, I did want to ask Chris, um, in terms of aid, obviously there are parts of it that go back to traditional wrestling, like uh, Cody Rhodes is trying to bring that WCW feel back, but with obvious a little bit. So what parts of AEW have you seen and you enjoy and what parts of it do you think okay, are awful? And you, so yeah. um, I do like, like, what was the match that we discussed a couple weeks ago? You watched Sean Spears versus Cody and you really uh, liked that. Tully was Sean Spears's manager. Yeah. And uh, then we watched Lance Archer versus John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were pretty uh, in a modern era. And of course, listen, you uh, and I say this a thousand times on the podcast. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. You know right, what I'm right, saying? Right. Yeah. Once it's out and it's mainstream, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like you can't kind of go back. You, it's going to be, it's a lot of stuff is going to be there forever, you mm-hmm. know, uh, but to, you know, in today's era of wrestling, those were two pretty fucking good old school wrestling matches, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the vein of, um, you know, in the vein of uh, calling it in the mat in the ring. Yeah. Like, but what I, I see nowadays is I see so much nowadays that are so polished mm-hmm. that it, to me, it looks like a dance. Mm, and okay. um, and uh, I came across somebody sent me one of my old matches with Gary Hart's son Chad yeah. Hart, mm. and to watch and I watched that match with a uh, you know like I hadn't seen it in I don't know fucking fifteen years probably yeah maybe more than that I think mm-hmm. it was ninety eight that the the, the 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 match went on and I watched it as a as I would a normal. Uh, AEW match uh-huh, and to see uh-huh. the stuff that we did, everything fucking looked real. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, even yeah, yeah, though yeah. I knew the spots that were probably coming mm-hmm. and I knew what the finish was probably going to be, 
like it looked like a fucking shoot. You right. know what I'm saying? Was there ever and, a match you like weren't happy with? Oh fucking yeah, you always have matches that you're But like anything with. televised, like anything um, anything that we could find out there if we I don't know, <laughs> maybe. Uh, it's like I didn't I mean, you know, I did a lot of jobs. I yeah. didn't like any of those. Mm. There's this is Shawn Michaels match where he's yeah. just tossing you around and it doesn't make any sense that he's tossing you around he's because tossing you're tossing me around because I let him toss me around. Yeah, how you're the, like how, way bigger than him. How the hell would he toss you around? God, wait. I wasn't this size, Wes, at the time. Oh, oh, so, oh, you were. Yeah, I was probably, I don't know. Two, you were still two, bigger than 250, him, 250, yeah, yeah, 260. Yeah. So I probably okay. outweighed him by 30, 40 pounds. You were actually, uh, and you probably know this, but I think our viewers or listeners, I should say, uh, don't. You were actually like Shawn Michaels' first opponent after he went heel was, and turned on Marty Jannetty. I was the first guy to wrestle Shawn Michaels with the Heartbreak Kid gimmick. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. So, like, literally, we stood in the back waiting for an agent because Sean didn't know what they wanted him to use for a finish. Mm. Like, we was he still? Was he doing the teardrop suplex yeah. at the time? Yeah. yeah, that's what. That's what we. That's what we came up. And listen, like, I was standing there uh-huh. when Black Jack Lanza said, uh, uh, "I'm thinking about this suplex we used to do." Mm-hmm. You know, where you grab the guy by the leg and it's kind of like a side suplex, but you get way under him. Yeah. And Sean was like, hey, he wouldn't really. You could tell he kind of wasn't really happy with it, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. He's, he was trying to get a push. Yep, 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 yep. yep. And uh, so he was going to do whatever they told him, but what set it up was the super kick. Mm-hmm, <clears throat> Sweet mm-hmm. chin music set it up yes, and went into the finish, so he was happy that basically he could use what he wanted to use as finish to go into – that. And you can see them kind of like in, in the match with you, you can see it kind of like, I, I don't know who the road, uh, the road agent was, but you can see that. Like they Jack were, Lanza. Yeah. They were, they were trying out all these different moves on you. Like all these different well, no, would be finishes, like the top rope like, elbow. Like literally at the time, you know, like we, uh, nobody said, okay, we want you to do this and do that. And, you know, good, go into the, go into the, you know, finish like this. Basically, they said, hey, this is what we use, want to use for the finish. And Shawn Michaels came up with the rest of the fucking match. He had mm-hmm. probably been thinking about it for the last fucking week. Yeah. Since, sure. you know, since he threw Marty Jannetty through the fucking window, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but he knew exactly what he wanted to do and how to do it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you watch the match, it's actually shortened. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff that he that we did. It was a longer match. But they needed to cut it down for TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, he had a whole idea of how he wanted to do this. And he didn't know me from anything. He didn't know who I was or how long I'd been in the business, what I could do and what I couldn't do. But he knew I got brought in by a reputable, uh, you know, other another wrestler that was reputable. And then so, he, you know, he just said, hey, can you do this? If I give you this, can you do this? Was he very respectful to yeah, you? Yeah, he was real nice. He, was he wasn't nice like guy. Hogan no, doing no, he's, Carney talking to No, him. he was fucking, he was cool. I mean, okay. every time that I talked to him, of course, you know, he never fucking shit in my fucking bag either. So <laughs> I wasn't on the road that long with him. Speaking of which, not, I need to not, tell you not like the Not like the current WWE champion or anything, shitting in bags and stuff? Didn't well, that, t- I, I has mean, that ever happened to you, though? Has anyone oh, ever done that? We used to pull ribs on the road, but you do. <laughs> like, we did ribs to each other. You, when you're actually, like, really putting a good rib together, like, yeah. you, uh, you only do it to the people that you really love. Sure. 
because it's because the people that you don't give a shit about, if you shit in their bag, you're just you're just fucking being mean. Right. You know exactly. what I'm saying? I think that's just <laughs> so I think that's it's not a rib when you're you know, when 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 uh when fucking X Pac fucking shit in Sonny's fucking dinner bag. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> like he snuck into her shuck this one I heard. He snuck okay. into her bag and like, you know, we would get catering. We'd go in there and there was always catering. So sure. if you didn't like, if you didn't want to eat, then you would get a to-go thing and you would put it, you know, in a little container and you would put it in your bag and then you'd eat it in the hotel or on the next, on the way to the next town. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he snuck in and shit in her food container. Oh God. <laughs> that's <what> I, mean, <laughs> I didn't actually As see it happen, but I heard it wasn't friendship. It wasn't, no, it wasn't. he was just fucking at that point. It's just fucking being mean. Yeah. yeah. Maybe because she wouldn't sleep with him or something. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I've never felt the sentiment. X-Pac sucks more than right now. Yeah. <laughs> actually that made me, that makes me love him more. Cause I was never a sunny. I was never a sunny well, like guy. We, you know, we would do like uh, the, the first rib that was ever played on me was, mm. um, my very first spot show uh-huh. and uh if you don't know what spot show is like there's a regular tv taping and then there's house shows that we would do which are usually regular venues that you would go to on a regular basis mm-hmm. and then spot shows would be like uh you know the high school gym mm. and you do that you know or you know and you but you'd only do that maybe maybe never again you know, Never, that's, you okay. know, you might not ever do that. And just a reminder, we have a spot show this Saturday. Oak Island's Brewery. Oak Island's Brewery. Counting Lights presents Brawl for it all, too. Go ahead, Chris. They should come out, Wes. Oh, I, I mean, when, when there aren't 130,000 cases, I would love to come to anything you guys are doing. Gotcha. Anytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I reckon <laughs> I understand that sentiment because I have asthma. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to mm-hmm. put... Uh, uh, Dan's going to be in a bubble. Mm-hmm. They're oh, going to put me in a box. Good. So we're going to have in, him a in a bubble. Like Wes is like, okay, I'll come now. <laughs> and, yeah. I'll come. <laughs> and, then, and, then when, and then when Dan's not looking, I'm going to shit in the bubble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. See, he doesn't even surprise me with the rib. He just like tells me it's going to happen. So mm-hmm, this show mm-hmm. this show is going to be socially, uh, socially distant. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, if you were comfortable, it's an outside show. Okay. So, um, and uh, uh, we're actually... Um, we, we have socially distanced tables. And so mm-hmm. uh, you buy a table just like they do at the improv right now. Excellent. Uh, you buy one table, whether it's, you know, there's eight people at the table or there's mm-hmm. four people at the table that you mm-hmm. buy a table. And that way you have the ability to social distance from everybody. All the so, same germ biome. I understand. I completely yeah. understand. It's like a fancy gala, except Love. there's yeah. a wrestling ring. It's yeah. a redneck gala. Is what Love it. <laughs> Love it. That's the best. Nobody's the best. dancing. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have let me be a part of this because you never know. I might bust out with something. Do some, do some musical. <laughs> so the fr- I'm gonna tell you the first rib that was ever played on me was the first spot show I ever did mm-hmm. as a rookie, mm. and I, we and uh, we came into the uh, babyface dressing room, mm-hmm. and the only spot that was available was where. Kevin and Carrie Von Eric were dressing. Okay. Okay. So we came in and set our bags down and very nicely said, do you guys mind if we change here? Mm-hmm. And they were very polite. And uh, we uh, got changed and put on our gear and Kevin actually showed me, I was tucking the laces into my boots and he was okay. like, Hey man, do it this way. This is a little bit better. 
and he actually showed me how to tuck my laces into my boots a better way. And so we went and wrestled Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, came back, uh, started to get changed, but um, I had to catch a ride with somebody. And so um, the other guy that was, I was with changed and he changed back into his jeans and underwear and I was still in my boots and tights. And Mm -hmm. so we just got in the car and went and we're about two miles down the road. And his name's Todd. He was named was Todd Overbow, and Todd went. Is it hot in here? Oh no! And, and we're like, no. He's like, turn the air conditioner on. We're like, and he's like, I'm still hot, man. My balls itch. Oh! And he reaches in his fucking pants to give give it a little scratch. Give a little. He comes out with his hands covered with icy hot. Uh, <laughs> Harry and Kevin had icy hotted our jeans and underwear. I mean, covered them. <laughs> so the first rib Von that was ever pulled on me was by Kevin and Carrie Von Eric. By the Von Eric. There, there's no one more legendary in, to, to get pranked, to get goofed on, so, to get an Eric Andre. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. And they didn't know me. They were just kind of being me. One time I ribbed myself when I worked in the kitchen. So I was cutting jalapenos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or no. Went pissed. Went pissed. <laughs> I was, I had yeah, to take, like, they couldn't find me. And I was in the employee bathroom, butt ass naked, in the fetal position on the floor. Can't do that. That was the first Sorry. time I was ever like, no, this is perfectly acceptable to just to get naked in the employee bathroom. <laughs> uh. so Wes, back to wrestling. Tell me, uh, who, who, uh, who's, who's your ultimate. Who's the ultimate guy that you who's your, never absolute met? who's your favorite. absolute favorite? Uh, that's that tough. you've never met. That I've oh well I yeah. Um, let me think. That I've never. Uh, uh, I so as I said, I think Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of the greatest performers uh, to ever live. Um, I have an, a massive amount of respect for uh, a lot of people in the Four Horsemen. Uh, of course, Ric Flair. Of course. Uh, oh. I mean, Eddie Guerrero is, even though he's universally beloved today, is still probably one of the most underrated people in the conversation for mm-hmm. great, just because very similar to Chris Jericho, uh, but also in a way where like Ric Flair, like he would bring that believability to everything he did. Right. He would also be reinventing and cr- doing crazy. He took some of the worst angles and still made like the thing with, uh, with the custody of Rey Mysterio's son, it gets mocked today, but still, if right. all you saw was the clips of Eddie Guerrero cutting pro, you're still like he's he's selling this terrible thing he's He's gonna take that kid he's gonna he's gonna take that kid absolutely and really one of you know one of the best in-ring workers you know of all times i mean but believability you know he's second generation he Mm -hmm. comes from a wrestling family Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and and i think that he and benoit kind of go hand in hand with that style of uh was a different era of smaller uh more compact but guys that could go a hundred percent yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. and it's kind of like uh, uh it's kind of controversial to bring up benoit's name of course but like if i were to answer that question i would say benoit like benoit oh, yeah. to me was like the hands down as far as all arounders go just one of the best, rest, probably the best wrestler on the planet when he was alive. Well, in terms of, yeah, go, at go that ahead. time, no, go ahead, Wes. 
Oh, I was just going to just going to add on to that point in terms of like sheer physical talent. Like in, he he could cut he would have good days where he'd cut a great promo, but in mm-hmm. terms of in the ring, it was exclusively like good days and this is the best I've ever seen. Right. Like that was his range. And it didn't matter his opponent. I remember when they put him against like Elijah Burke Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. just like, you know, Elijah Burke was like stiff. Mm-hmm. CM Punk had already like mentioned how like, yeah, this guy will hurt you and he's not really that good. And then Benoit gets in the ring with him and they're putting on a four or five star match mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Benoit just knows Benoit was like way ahead of his time as far as calling a match. Well, and he's not going to, he's not, if somebody's stiff, He's just going to turn it up a notch. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm, what Kit mm-hmm. and I were in the red ring. Like we'll go out there and work with you, but if you're gonna, if we're gonna, if we're if we're gonna, if we're gonna rough house, we used to call it rough house style. Let's go out there mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. literally beat the shit out of each other to the point mm-hmm. where like we're not breaking teeth or maiming anybody. But listen, if I'm going to hit you in the back of the head, I'm going to hit you in the back of the head. You know, <laughs> I like I like the CM Punk did during his match with Elijah Burke. He didn't t- stick it up a notch. Elijah Burke like throws him into the corner. They do that yeah. spot where it's that rough throw to the corner, mm-hmm. and CM Punk goes to the ground. Then he just side eyes the camera and says out loud, "Wow, that, that hurts!" Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that clip. Like he's great. looking at Vince. <laughs> you this fucking guy? Really? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, sometimes when you get handed a program with somebody like that, yeah, that, yeah. you're like, oh, Jesus, it's going to be a rough six months, man. Mm-hmm. Now, now, let's just, I, I don't want you to name names, okay. but is there any, well, yeah, I do. But okay. is there anybody <laughs> you worked with where you're just like, ah, fucking hell? Well, if you can, you can find it. I mean, listen, there's, there's, there's good things and bad things about guys that you wrestle like that. I mean, sure. um, and, and, Kit and I actually have wrestled each other, and that's mm-hmm. the way we wrestled. We went out there to like, like we used to have antagonize each other. Yeah, you know? sure. we like, okay, like, dude, can't you fucking hit me harder than that? You pussy. <laughs> you know? yeah. But there's guys that you get in the ring with that you know are just stiff, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you kind of you're conscious of it, and you got two choices: you can either cower in the corner. Mm. You can what bring it back. <laughs> so you could probably find a, uh, I did a, I did a job for uh, the Godfather. Mm-hmm. Oh, you wow. You probably okay. find that online somewhere or maybe on the network. Anyway. Was this the Godfather gimmick? Yeah. Like he brought out. Yeah. The hose. Women the hose. of the night, yeah. not hose, oh, wow. Chris. Well, that's what they called them. <laughs> did it's 2020. It was still did that he- at did he offer you a lady yes. of the, oh. and then took him away? Ah, that was his thing. Like he, yeah. So I was like, he they fell be, for it every time too. It'd be funny. <laughs> anyway, in the match, at one point, he throws me uh, into the ropes and uh-huh. gives me an elbow. Okay, and it was a fucking stiff elbow. Oof. Okay. So like it, like my jaw was a little loose after mm-hmm. he hit me. Mm-hmm. So, but when you get somebody like that, once again, what do you got to do? Just got to suck it up and okay. take it up a notch. And you got to find, you got to find a point to give him a receipt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he throws me into the corner and says, give me an elbow. Uh-huh. So he throws me into the corner 
and I give him a receipt. <laughs> so that's all you got to do. Once you give that's a guy a receipt, he's going to go, okay. I'm so happy that. that's how the story ended because <laughs> yeah. I, I for a split second there, I was like, so I decked one of his hosts. <laughs> <laughs> it was the attitude era. Anything was, flew. But you get Anything him back went. and guys go, wow, that was a fucking <laughs> stiff elbow. I go, yep, that was a pretty yeah. good receipt. <laughs> Uh, let's talk wrestling a little bit more, and then we'll talk about comedy because I really want to get into cool. Wes Corwin's projects. But as okay. far as wrestling goes, what are you most excited? Even though it's like the COVID era of wrestling, mm-hmm. like, are uh, what are you excited the most? What excites you the most in in this current era of wrestling? Does AEW excite you more? Does WWE excite you more? What are you looking uh, forward to? I, I so I I'm very excited. I I still think there's endless opportunity in AEW. I really do. Uh, I, I think, uh, despite uh, complaints from I think people that don't uh, that are, are don't vibe with what's going on, I do feel like Cody Rhodes has found what he's doing, and I do feel like he's getting closer and closer to his image of what because he had a very specific image of like uh, wrestling should be like uh, WCW this specific era. This is going away. We need to co- sort of bring it back to here and also embrace this stuff. Visible. I think. I think that's what excites me most is the sheer potential of what's going on here. And then if you look across at WWE, I think that as it has been for a few years now, I think there are parts of it that need significant work, but the good stuff has, as always has been really good. I I get most excited about Roman. I'm super excited whenever I see Sami Zayn because I think in, in terms of my favorite human beings, I, whether or not he's uh, the best talent, I think he's very talented. I don't know if he's gotten as many opportunities to show that in WWE, but I think in terms of just great at what he does, the weird character mannerisms he has, I think he's fantastic. Uh, he's also I, I, like a really cool dude. Uh, right. He, he, he raises money for Syria because he's, yeah. he, he, he's one of the best activist people that is also in wrestling. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, as I said, just a great human being. Uh, I get, I, I'm excited about, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think that's, that's what, I, oh, and as, 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 uh, Danzi mentioned, uh, Bray Wyatt is still finding ways to innovate on his character. Like to compare and contra- I, I, I don't know how either you guys feel about Brodus Clay. The first Brodus Clay match I watched, uh, when the, he was uh, doing the Funkosaurus, the Funkosaurus, when you first, just the first match, the very, <laughs> the very first match, you're like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, this yeah. is fantastic. When he's like, but when he when he's pushing around JTG and stuff, I was like, this. And then you watch another match, and he does the same thing. And you watch another match, he's doing the same thing. It is very e- like uh, the the whole nothing new in wrestling. When you see something new, you get excited, but you keep having to up the ante every time. And I I get excited seeing Bray Wyatt continue to make little tweaks, little moves. It's never the same, like as easy as it is to pick on like, oh, wrestling is, you know, silly. He's doing it in a way where it continuously it improves on the last thing and it keeps adding a little bit new, more nuance, a little bit more cleverness. I think Bray Wyatt is probably one of the best, like has one of the best characters right now of everybody. I'm going to have to show you videos of The Fiend. You're, I well, think I've, you're going to I've seen some seen of it. it. Um, I, like, I don't particularly like the, Mm. Uh, was the, it? the children's Fire show host Watch. yes Fun yeah, House, yeah, yeah. whatever thing uh, but yeah. i think you know once again he's a second generation wrestler mm-hmm. yep, in yep, fact yep. really he's a third generation wrestler because mm. uh you know his, his grandfather was one of the his grandfather was blackjack Mullen. yeah blackjack so, um and his dad is mike rotundo 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, IRS. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, um, so that means his mom is Blackjack Mulligan's uh, daughter. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's in his DNA, man. He's a good mm-hmm. worker. And for mm-hmm. a guy who's that um, bo- uh, stout, like, you know, uh, not a lean, muscular uh cookie cutter like you like I see so much in the wrestling business now yeah mm-hmm. uh, which makes me not want to watch when mm-hmm. you see somebody like that that's unusual I like mm-hmm. the whole Bray Wyatt the first character before he got into this the mm-hmm. whole backwoods Louisiana oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The, 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 what they call the, it the Wyatt family oh, yeah. the Wyatt family the whole yeah, Kate fear look yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah. because yeah. you know it's uh you know, people always talk about, you know, tough guys in New York City and, you know, mob guys and things like that being so tough. No one talks Dude, about there's this. nothing scarier yeah. than being in the backwoods and meet, meeting a bunch of fucking rednecks mm-hmm. and going, I do not want to fucking be left here. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, like, that's my, a good angle. My friend Justin and I, we were doing a show in Alexandria, Louisiana, and we stopped and pulled over somewhere, like at a gas station on the way in Louisiana. <laughs> and it was just nothing but a bunch of Bray Wyatts. And you're like, hey, boy, mm-hmm. you got a pretty mouth. In a circle K. <laughs> yeah. No, wearing the same thing, like those Jimmy Buffett Hawaiian shirts that are all dirty with the wife beaters. Oh, it's absolutely terrifying. I've seen it, man. I've seen it. Uh, now, with, with, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Wes. No, I was just going to, I was just going to say, I do think the Wyatt family had an endless. Uh, potential. I, I remember being at a at a party in Mississippi after a show, uh, and I, I was saying that the two things. This was, I think, two thousand. I, I couldn't tell you the. This was twenty fourteen, and I was telling people the two most exciting the things I was most excited about in wrestling were the Shield because they had just come out, and I was saying right yeah. after them is going to be the Wyatt family, and I think I, as Chris is saying, I think that is a horrifying. I think that the natural evolution of like the horror wrestler, like the scary guy, if you go from undertaker, who's a little bit more like Vincent price zombie, like to the more like silent Hill doing the weird stuff with your hair and your face. I think Bray Wyatt was the natural evolution. He just needed to win any of his matches Yeah, as the Cape fear character. That would have been, it just, I feel like people bought into it and then you just can't buy into it uh, after so many uh, coming up short. Did you ever go to that uh, that Dallas house show? It was, I think it might have been 2014, 2015. Mm. Um, I got really drunk and was doing Sting chants, even though he was on the <laughs> roster at the time. But the mm. main event was like this, just this all out brawl between the Shield and the Wyatt family. And oh. they just brawled throughout the arena. Mm-hmm. Like It's just like they were like, okay, it's a house show. Y'all just go have fun. That's fun. That's Do whatever really, the fuck. Yeah, that, yeah, was yeah. Mo- that, was mo- that was the most fun. When you're mm-hmm. at a town, when I was in Kearney, Nebraska, and mm-hmm. I knew we were there for one night. What is that place even <laughs> exist? Are you making that <laughs> place no, up? <laughs> uh, uh, like, you know, there were several places that we wrestled in Nebraska and Kansas. And I was like, Oh, we're only going to be here one night. We're, yeah. we're <laughs> we are going to be here an hour. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, I definitely agree with you, Wes. I mean, yeah. you know, but once again, just like you said, the Undertaker. I think Bray's got to, um, he's got to evolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I commend him for coming up with his own ideas and his own angles because that's the only way in that company for an established guy to continue to 
be relevant. Yeah, get ahead and stuff. Regardless of whether it works or not, because you can always go back to step one. What's great is when you, when a character that 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 that's evolved uh, changes course. Guess what? Just like the Undertaker, he can go back to that old, mm-hmm. that old mm-hmm. character. I mean, and people would be glad to see him because mm. we. Uh, the old adage is, if like, if a guy was in the territory too long and people started to not give a shit about him, he needed to go somewhere else because mm. people can't miss you if you don't go fucking somewhere else. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you don't mm-hmm. go and travel to another location and spend some time there when you come back people are glad to see you mm-hmm. yeah so. absolutely and uh with undertaker he could go back to that american badass gimmick that, which, i love that which, no which <laughs> i say to this day that was just him not wanting to put on eyeliner anymore like he just <laughs> he showed up he was like vince i'm not i'm just gonna go out well, there that, that's as prob- myself that's probably pretty close to the real mark Calloway. yeah that's just mark calloway <laughs> going mark hey, calloway was the american badass it's 2001 <laughs> i don't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, Wes, let's talk comedy for a second. You are the comedy. founder of uh, Plano Comedy Festival. We had Miles uh, Francis on not too long ago, mm-hmm. and he uh, he had nothing but uh, compliments for how Plano Comedy Festival was uh, uh, held this year. You uh-huh. kind of had to, like, call an audible. Uh, the first time you had Plano Comedy Festival, huge success, live shows, really good. And then you're getting ready for the second uh, annual yeah. And then this COVID thing happens. How stressed the fuck out were you? Because that I've run festivals before. So yeah. if I was in your shoes and all of a sudden this pandemic hits, I would have just had a fucking anxiety attack and probably been institutionalized. It, it was a lot. It was so we we thankfully I got a great board. I got a great team. Uh, Brittany Goss and Tom Smith. We were having regular Zoom calls and we were talking about, hey, what is the what does this look like? What we were reaching out to headliners very like, hey, we don't know if we could do a physical thing. What can uh, it just let us know your rate? And we were talking and the closer and closer we got, the more we saw numbers climb and we were like, this is unachievable. So we. Mm-hmm put the physical thing on hold, but at the same time, uh, cameo was getting really that, that app where you can like call or you can like schedule like a video call with Norm McDonald for this amount of money. Yeah. We were like, I wonder what the rate is to get like this. So we just started, in, we, we went like a tear up in talent and we were like, Hey, we're a festival. Uh, you don't have to come to Texas. What is the rate for you to get on a zoom call for 30 minutes? And it turns out, uh, not not as expensive as asking someone to fly or getting them a plane ticket. Oh, funny so how works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would have figured? So we 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 went like a level. We got like uh, Laurie Kilmartin from Conan. We got Kurt Braunohler, who had been like I, I had wanted Kurt Braunohler for like a long. He's like a month. Him and Kyle Kinane are my two favorite people, two favorite comedians. So I the fact that we got him on the festival is like a like that's a that's that was a pipe dream that I get to check off. Uh, in terms of the talent execution, everything after that was just figuring out the infrastructure, uh, making sure we were all comfortable with Zoom, getting all our volunteers trained. Uh, it was uh, stressful, but honestly, uh, it was nice to instead of like, okay, I did this festival, I'm a little bit drunk, I now have to drive <laughs> home. And, I have to drive home and wake up and then come back to this venue three more times. It was nice to be like, oh, cool end call and now I get to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. most, of the, most of the festival I did not leave my bed so I was just able to close the computer and then fall straight backwards so, so it was great. You, that, that's a dream of so many comics. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, Miles said, like, uh, Miles st- uh, stated that he thinks this, uh, that the pandemic kind of opened up a new avenue in stand up without anybody really like realizing it. Do you think that this virtual comedy will stick around when COVID is over? Like, will Plano Comedy Festival have a live festival and a virtual festival on the same year, maybe? That's, that's, we're not going to book two festivals. That's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> that would be the dumb. What, what this is why I don't run festivals anymore. I'm what a big, wants to say I'm is, a big financial risk. What Wes wants to say is, Dan, that's a stupid idea. That's fine. That's fine. That's what I'm made of. Here's what we're thinking here in terms of what might happen in the future. We are very much hoping knock on wood, uh, the whole thing that we do the festival physically next year. We are, it is, it was super exciting to see how many people we had like people uh, from uh, towns. uh, We had people calling in to watch the festival from New York, from LA, from different uh, places. That's awesome. Uh, So the thing we are trying to figure out how to tap into next year, there are a number of technologies. We really want to have the physical festival, but also ideally have like a camera that can also stream the festival out to people. So I don't know if we're going to have comics call in, but it does seem like an opportunity to continue to expand uh, to make sure everybody in Plano and outside of Plano can check out what we're doing that. So that's, that's most likely the going to be the virtual element. Uh, I cannot wait to never do stand up into into my webcam again. I am. Oh, really? You, so you don't preferably? I mean, no, I, it, I, honestly, you like the physical more, but you just don't care for the the virtual. Really, like if if you could, you wouldn't do it. To 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 Chris's point, very comedy and wrestling overlap in that you got to innovate. I think yeah. this is this is the safest option. I think this is uh, something that people that don't want to risk, uh, you know, driving up cases. I think they have to do it. There are great opportunities to innovate. I like, uh, I've discovered you can do like very similar to comics you see on like Conan. You can do PowerPoint comedy. You can do screen share, st- fun stuff with your computer that obviously you can't do in standup. I don't know how much of this I'm, I don't think I'm going to keep any of it once things are back to normal, but it's ex- the same way, you know, you, you get on stage and you realize, Oh, what if I hold the mic stand this way? What? It, yeah. You gotta, you gotta look around and see what's happening and innovate and keep writing. But uh, it is definitely, I will say, will it stick around in some form? Maybe, probably, probably in some form. I mean, you could argue that Twitch and the whole, like, people YouTube vlogging already were doing virtual comedy. Uh, now there's just all of a sudden a bunch of stand-ups getting dropped into the mix as well. Yeah. But I, I don't know if I'm going to stick around. I, I hope people that are doing this and are making money off of this continue to make money off of it. But I don't know how long I'm going to stick around once uh, live stand-up is back. And You're ready to get back to the clubs. I would love to get back to the clubs. I would yeah. love to get back to the clubs. Now you were you were telling me earlier this week you had to you had to cancel a couple uh, a couple things. Is everything okay? And I want to shout out real. I, I want to. Uh, these are gigs that I canceled. But if you are a if you're a comedy fan and you're you're comfortable with how the COVID is going, feel free to go. I I'm. I, there was a there was a show I had Addison Improv headlined by uh, uh, Angelia Walker, who's hysterically funny. It's going to be a great show. Uh, there's a show at the Grove that I was going to do uh, with uh, Linda Stogner, and I think Dusty Slay was also on that show, and he's fantastic. Uh, and I was going to do the Bermuda Comedy Festival in uh, Denton. All of those dates, mm. fantastic. If you if you were already going to get tickets and you don't care how many COVID cases there are, please go. 
as I agreed to do those shows, I was watching the numbers and I saw numbers climb from like 70,000 cases, which was already high to we had a, a week ago. We had 100,000 cases. Two days later, we had 110,000 cases. The day we're recording this yesterday, we had our highest 132,000 cases. Yeah. And I'm looking at, at my spouse who has uh, some uh, issues where she's medically compromised. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it some, I, I, I was looking around at people doing shows at hyenas and some people like continuing to do live comedy projects. And I was like, I think, I guess I'm the crazy one. Cause I'm the one not doing live content. I'm going to try to dip my toe back in. And once the numbers started, I pulled it right back out. I was like, I'm going to give it more time. I'm going to just no, it. Don't feel bad, man. I was also supposed to be on beer Muta and I canceled. Um, Cause so are I, you guys telling me there's spots open. There's spots open. <laughs> Yeah, this this fucking boomer what right is here. This again? Boomer over here, not give a shit. Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> I canceled. I canceled out of uh, beer uh, muta because I I had a scare where I woke up and I was nauseous. Turns out it was just Misty's cooking. But uh, <laughs> no, and then I went to. Uh, I was doing like a show every three months. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was fine, like socially distant, 50% capacity. And then I went and checked out a show. I'm not going to say where because, we you know, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> well, I don't give a shit. Look, I went to a show at Hyenas <laughs> sure, sure, and sure. I hadn't been there in like three months. And it was Shane uh, uh, Gillis. I wanted to see what all the hype was about. This was the dude that got fired from Saturday Night Live. Yes. yes so. I was just like, okay, let's go check him out before I judge him type of thing, you know? And I went in there and I guess capacity had gone up to 75%. No one told me. (laughs) And then I was just like, oh shit. So I sat in the back. I didn't stay in the showroom long. Mm -hmm. And then right when I got home, I was just like, sweetie, I think I might have it because there's no (laughs) way, there's no fucking way. Mm -hmm. And luckily I don't, we're at the two week period now. I don't have it. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I understand. Like I've been going to open mics and shows. shit. Listen, I take my vitamin D and say, you know, and and listen, honestly, if I'm uncomfortable, I wear a mask. And if somebody is like, you know, you get it, you get in a situation where you get into a conversation with one of these close talkers Mm. and like, and I'll backpedal, man. Don't get, you know, if I'm not comfortable with you and I don't know you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not going to hang around with you and like have conversations and let you fucking spit in my mouth. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so I understand. In what circumstance would you let people spit in your mouth though? Uh, like that's $20 a- is $20. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I understand like I, you know, I'm in the red room next Friday. Man. Okay. Know? So, um I, I'm trying like I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to keep it afloat. But, you know, I'm not as far along as you two guys. And so, therefore, I feel like... You're pretty much matched up with me. I feel like, you know, (laughs) as as a guy who's only been doing it for a few years, I feel like when everything stops, I feel like I'm backsliding. Mm. No, I continue to write and continue to come up with funny ideas. But if I get in front of a a crowd, it's hard for me to real, and, you know... And I have, this has got to be the hardest time for a new, like, I still get, I, I mean, the fact I get offered anything is a sign that I'm very lucky. Uh, the fact that I've had a number of people hit me up and be like, hey, we're doing this virtual corporate fundraiser thing. So I'm still, I'm not working at the level I was before in terms of money, like many people taking a loss. 
Uh, but in, in the fact I'm getting any work, I imagine people that started at open mics. I still see people in like comedy groups in the middle of the pandemic that are posting like, hey, I'm going to start doing stand up. Where do you go to do mics? And I'm like, God, you have a rough road ahead, man. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, good, not the best time. It really not it, the best, especially time. during COVID and everything. I bet. You know, people are people. We've you and I. We've been around open micers enough. It could be a zombie apocalypse, and They'd you'll still see. Be, open, yeah, you'd still see. There'll open be somebody micers. waiting in line to put their name on the list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, one being a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Just fire, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just eating brains on stage. Well, and two, the Dang. last thing you want right now with all this, this pandemic shit going mm-hmm. on is a new guy that you don't know showing up. Yeah. You know, yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. You're like, we yeah. look at some of these new people. That, I was at an open mic a few weeks ago, and there were people. How many came. places have you been? Because I'm like right <laughs> next to you. <laughs> we, Dan and I usually don't get this close, but. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay. Dan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, and some people, some, some people drove in from South Houston mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. this open mic. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> Just naming all and, these places and, where the numbers are high. And where the Dan, numbers I are kissed so them high. on the mouth. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, let's uh, let's go to the future. We talked about the future of wrestling, future of comedy. Um, as we record this, it has been announced that uh, Biden has won the presidency, so maybe COVID will be will be handled. Uh, not saying Biden has the answers, so let's just say like. Yeah. You know, it takes a while. Um, do you feel like we're more in a content boom, like with rather than stand up boom? Like stand up's going to be around. People are going to still do shows and stuff. But do you feel like now the direction for a comic should be to work on the digital media, work on content rather than because L.A. and New York are shut down? You know, what LA I mean? and New York are shut down. Uh, things are even even the cities that are still going are at such reduced capacity. The room for growth, a number of like production video companies, like people that are making movies aren't going back to making movies. It's it's going to be it's going to be a weird time. Uh, I would definitely recommend uh, any. First of all, anybody that is out there that wants to do comedy and is thinking about it. You, we, we could have been doing this this whole time. Uh, it is genuinely, I think, one of the best ways to connect with people is creating your own content. That was what Ralph and I, Ralph Barbosa, were working on doing sketches. And then I left Dallas. So I, uh, I don't Where know. Where are you living now? So I'm bouncing between three homes depending on which is safest. Like, so I wasn't okay. still... I was in Stillwater, Oklahoma, where my where Maggie is pursuing her PhD uh, because very low population density, one of the lower places where you can get COVID. And then the election started and we were like, okay, let's go to Austin uh, on account of like, what if, what if the boogaloo happens? What if the big, what if the big the civil war? Bo- the boogaloo? Okay. That's, that's, what the, that's what some people call it. So I, they, uh, so I was like, okay, we'll stay at Austin, big, big liberal bubble. Uh, if Trump gets elected, people will probably just be upset and dump like kombucha and that'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> And if if Biden wins, it's very likely Oklahoma will literally set on fire. Mm-hmm. So let's stay here. Just it is on fire right now. Actually, I'm checking I, my phone. <laughs> I completely believe that. I completely. Uh, I bought so, three guns this week. Yeah, 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 man. I mean, you got to. You got to have one in each hand and then one in the back pocket for in case somebody <laughs> tries to get you from behind. Uh, so they, no, it, it, it just a lot of bouncing around. 
Um, I can tell you that uh, this is, I mean, nowadays we all have phones in our pocket that have better cameras than like Stanley Kubrick had. Mm -hmm. If you have an idea, if you have, if you have like the same way standup used to work where it's like, I've got like a quarter of an idea. Great. Take it on stage. I've got like most of a thought. I've got like a sketch idea. I don't know where it goes. Just start writing. Just start filming. Just do stuff. That's that's yeah. kind of what comedy looks like right now. There is live, of course. There's live comedy, and it's a. I feel like some comics are have this attitude that the comics that are skipping out are judging them. It's all about your personal risk threshold. If you feel safe going to do comedy, I don't. It's going to be fine unless you're like making a point. Like, uh, I, I don't want to name, but. If you're going out and talking about how shitty digital comedy is and how important it is to be doing live comedy right now, I'm going to call you Typhoid Mary. That's how it goes. But if your attitude is, hey, I'm going to go to Mike's. I still want to work on my art. Dude, do it. Fuck it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But but whether it's live or whether it's virtual or whether it's skits. You're still in front of an audience. No, no. I think the point is don't stop the creativity. Mm -hmm. Don't turn it off just because this is a tough time. Keep the creativity going. In fact, double down on it. Absolutely. And Absolutely. honest and and honestly like uh, it's the with the pandemic I'm going to be honest like it kind of brought like this depression over me mm. like when it first started because it was just like oh man I'm I'm this podcast has helped. This mm-hmm. podcast has helped. No, it really has. Oh, yes. But also just like okay, I'm compromised. I got to stay at home, especially at the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but it's I just, think we all I think here's here's the common ground. I think when when this shit started, mm-hmm. the first week we were like, nah, what the fuck are they? I think everybody was like, eh, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the second, third week in that first month, we were like, Hey man, this shit is for real. Yeah. yeah. And everybody like we stayed home. Yeah. Like we ordered food and didn't go anywhere and stayed home. Like I was an essential worker. I had to go to work, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we didn't do anything, yeah. but, binge on movies and stay home and spend time with our family and that's it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we all agree there is a time that we yeah. felt like that and my mm-hmm. point was like the creativity brings you out of that depression you almost kind of have to force yourself to create no matter if it's mm-hmm. stupid no matter if it's uh yeah. great or whatever right um mm-hmm. but this podcast has really helped just coming out every saturday despite you and your Rolling Stone attitude, fucking over here, <laughs> hanging out with fucking. I think that's an old reference. Is that yeah. A reference of old? yeah, fucking going over to hospitals performing. You son of a bitch. I'm not doing that <laughs> you might as, might as well. No, I'm, not, I'm not licking fucking bedpans or anything. Not yet. Nah, nah, we'll get there. <laughs> but I mean, just to just to hear you like sound really happy. Just to hear you sound comfortable with bouncing around, and it sounds mm. like you're adapting to this crazy uh day and age and everything uh do you have anything you need to plug or promote and uh let's see i've got a i've got a weekly podcast i'm doing with a buddy of mine uh it's called fraser on fraser uh his name is adam fraser and he's a, he's gotcha. a <laughs> he's a he's a super fan of the te- television show fraser oh, and oh, i've cool. I'd never i've never seen an episode <laughs> and it's mostly him explaining how good david hyde pierce is and i do bits and that's the podcast fraser uh, on fraser and y'all talked about wings oh <laughs> uh, we gotta we gotta do that for an episode and then uh other than that oh my gosh <laughs> That's so really good on Doom Patrol. That's really Encino Man. He's really good in Encino Man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, 
And then other than that, I'm doing a weekly roast show on Facebook Live uh, hosted by Nick Hawk. We uh, pretty much roast. It's basically the only way I write regularly anymore. By making is, fun uh, of other people. Making fun of other people. <laughs> I mean, that's that's always been my bread and butter. It's, that's my that's favorite fun. thing. That's fun. Like, I would like to get involved more in that. Like, I, mm. that's how I started. Don't do it. He gets angry. It's the CTE. No, well, he takes it too personally. Yeah, yeah. Well, I how do. Are, I, how are okay. roast shows virtually? Like, oh, they're. I mean, they're fun. They're they're good. You get a couple people in a roast. Uh, ideally, you get you can. One thing that yeah, Zoom provides that is impossible in stand up is editing the audience's view. You can make it a little bit more like TV. So if you tell a roast joke and then cut right to the person's face as you're making fun of how their face looks, that helps. That's a good. It's <laughs> a good thing. It's a good. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> It's almost this intricate, like, bullying. Now, it's Wes, almost- yeah. <laughs> Wes, tell me what, what that show is and when it's on again. Oh, it is How to Deliver a Rump Roast, hosted by Nick Hawk. Uh, I make a point to post about it on my Facebook page. Uh, same day. It's every Tuesday around 7.30 p.m. Uh, feel free to check it out. It's accessible out. from every mobile device and computer. That's awesome. Any, uh, any tw- Twitter handles or Instagram? Uh, sure. At uh, West Cornfield on Twitter. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's a good name. Tangentially relate my Twitter description is I'm the Dean Malenko of stand-up comedy. Which so. is which is awesome. Because it's you. it's it's like modest and honest. It's really like like because you know, if someone was an asshole, they'd be like, I'm yeah. the stone cold of, yeah, of comedy. Yeah, oh, you know what I mean? You're st- like uh, you're like you're a really great worker, but you're boring as hell. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that's me. That's who I am. Man of a thousand <laughs> jokes. <laughs> If, what would you be? What would you be if you were gonna? I mean, I guess you'd be the Chris Germany of comedy. Yeah, goddamn straight up. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Can't can't beat I'm, that. Can't what beat that would brain. mine be? I don't want to name it for myself, but what would mine be, Chris? The uh, the koala bear of stand-up comedy. No, a wrestler. Oh, not a. Don't know. name an animal. I look like <laughs> you, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Wes? What would I be as a wrestler I, of comedy? Uh, you're gonna. You can. Uh, you know what? Try out your roasting on me right now to promote the roast. So you're the you're the this. Jimmy Hart of stand up comedy. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. I like that. Yes. Mouth of the South. Mouth of the South. Not allowed anywhere. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's great. Well, the West. Thank you uh, for joining us on this episode of Counting Lights Podcast. Go follow Wes on social media. Check mm-hmm. out. Uh, the roast show. Check out everything he's doing. Uh, it's it's not an accident that he was 2018's funniest comic in Texas. He's a brilliant comic, a Very brilliant mind. And let me let me throw out like a personal bit of his to look up oh, okay. on YouTube. Uh, look up Wes Corwin, the CrossFit bit. It's one of my favorite jokes that he does. I think it's one of the most brilliant fucking jokes I've ever heard. Oh. It's one of those jokes where, like, when it comes to local comics. Like, I'll hear a joke, and I'll just be like, okay, that's good, but I don't remember it. I remember the day that I saw the CrossFit bit, and I'm not blowing – and I know you hate this, Wes. I know you fucking hate this, but I'm I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. It's one of the fucking funniest bits I've ever heard before. So check out Wes Corrin. Wes, thank you so much for being here. We'd love to have you back anytime if you're you're up for it. 
Oh, absolutely. This was this was the best ex- podcast experience I've had in uh, several days. So this was. Oh, oh I thank you, man. I thought he was going to say in like a year. I was. No. I thought he was going to be like. Oh, this, this this was. Uh, thank I, Chris is way ahead of me. No, I I really this was this was fantastic. I'll do this anytime. Thanks, Wes. We appreciate it, man. Thank you so Go much. Go check out Wes Corwin, guys. And we hope you enjoyed that interview with Wes Corwin. And a big special thanks to Wes Corwin for being on the show. Now, before we get out of here, gotta throw in some more reminders. And I know we remind you guys of this all the time, but we're excited. This Saturday is our big event. Counting Lights Podcast presents Brawl for It All 2 at Oak Highlands Brewery. Get your tickets at Oak Highlands Brewery's website or their Facebook, or at Prekindle. Also, check us out on Twitter at Counting underscore Lights, and be on the lookout for our Patreon, where listeners like you can get uh, special perks for donating to the podcast. Without further ado, he's been Chris Germany, I've been Dan Danzi, and this has been Counting Lights Podcast, where wrestling and comedy... Lock up.